0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Spring Transfer Portal Eve. What does BYU need to do in the transfer portal over the next two weeks and beyond to bolster their roster? And also, today is the final day of BYU Spring Ball. What to make of all of it ahead on today's show. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the motto is your team every day, and as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. All right, diving right in on today's show, Uh, it is the final day of BYU Spring Ball. I'll be out uh, at BYU's 15th and final practice of spring camp later this afternoon and evening. Good about A 20 minute observation period, as well as we'll have some interviews with players and coaches as well. We'll have kind of a full recap of of that for you guys on Monday's edition of the podcast. We'll see if maybe I can sit down a little earlier during the weekend, just depending on how things go and get that out to you sooner. But nonetheless, Spring ball coming to an end, but also a huge day tomorrow. April 15th, BYU and the rest of the college football universe out there will have the transfer portal opening back up. I would anticipate you'll see a bevy of names entering the portal over the next two weeks. It'll be open from April 15th through the 30th. So there's a 15-day window here for players uh, to determine if they want to go out and find a new place for themselves to uh, play football. Uh, And in some cases, it's simply the coaches are telling them, hey, your chances of playing here are not that great you might want to look elsewhere and that that's just it's it's part of the calculus now when it comes to college football and I can tell you this much I've been a broken record on the on this over the past two weeks since talking with some of our practice insiders, people down there at BYU, that BYU expects to be very active in the transfer portal over the next two weeks. The nice part is you don't have to uh, go into the portal and also make your decision in the next two weeks. You just have to get your name into the portal if you're an athlete looking to make the move in college football. Uh, We've seen college basketball already have 20% turnover in terms of uh, one in every five college basketball players at the Division I level has entered the NCAA transfer portal during their portal period which is ongoing right now uh, football I saw the number was somewhere around 13% uh, so a little bit lower in terms of overall numbers but this spring portal period is going to be very very active and BYU you can fully expect them to take full advantage if at all possible uh, the way I understand things to be going for BYU is they are willing to go as many as guy as many guys as they feel like can be impact players or at least guys that can come in and bolster this roster going into the Big 12 they will pursue any and all options obviously BYU is going to be very judicious in making sure guys are the right fit for BYU. This is a unique institution, a unique university, and any of you who are BYU fans, and I'm assuming the vast majority of you listening and or watching this are that... You know it's a unique environment at BYU. You have to have young men who are willing to abide by the honor code the BYU espouses to. They make sure that students and athletes alike are supposed to live up to that code. Number two, the academic requirements. It's not the easiest university to succeed at academically. In fact, it's one of the tougher ones in my opinion. I I struggled my way through BYU and I felt like I was a pretty decent student coming out of high school. But nonetheless, that's another thing. And then number number three, on the football side of things in particular, you're going into to the best level of football, or the highest level of football that you have ever competed at, the Power Five level in your program's history. This is a program that's been around for a hundred years. Uh, it's crazy to think about. I know they've had uh, World War II knocked them out for a few years and that type of stuff. They haven't played a hundred seasons per se, but. The biggest thing is they are going to be playing at the highest level of football they've ever played at and that's going to require an influx of talent. You've got to have more guys on this roster. You've got to develop that quality depth. The nice part for BYU is as compared to TCU who's one of BYU's future conference mates in the Big 12 or even their uh, hated rival Utah is that when TCU and Utah made the jump, they didn't have the advantage of the transfer portal. Guys could transfer but they had to sit out an entire year before being eligible at their new program. The transfer portal, the one-time transfer rule makes it so guys can leave a program, hop into a new program, and be eligible immediately. This is, in many ways, going to be advantageous for BYU to go out and show that, hey, this is a good university for you in terms of their selling job on on the transfer portal market and tell these young men, you have an opportunity to come in here and be part of history. This is the first team to go into the Big 12, first Power 5 team BYU has ever truly fielded in their program's history. This is a momentous occasion and there's going to be an opportunity to sell that to these guys. The nice part is I think there are going to be a bevy of players in the transfer portal who will at least hear BYU out on their sales pitch. And the nice part is BYU also has a number of ace recruiters on their staff. Jay Hill, Aaron Roderick, Fessy Satake, Kelly Papinga, uh, I think Sione Pua is underrated. I think the Harvey Unga's done good things on the, on the recruiting front. But they've got very good recruiters on this staff. And they're going to be able to go out and sell a lot of the good things when it comes to going into the Big 12 conference. But uh, as we look towards the end of spring I'm looking forward over the next week or so, uh, starting Monday, we'll kind of do a retrospective of of position groups, what I took away. Uh, If they don't provide us with a depth chart, I'll I'll be sure to uh, try and dole out what I think the depth chart looks like coming out of spring ball based on my conversations with people inside the program as well as my own personal observations uh, coming out of spring. We'll we'll get into all that over the next week or so, but it's a, a crazy time and expect to hear some names of BYU players who leave the program. I am not anticipating based on my conversations with with folks around the program to have a number of guess, what I'd call two deep guys leaving BYU. I could see some guys on the third string scout team level type guys who may be taking up a scholarship and decide, you know what, it's my best interest to find a new place to play. That is I think where the scholarships are going to come open. Could a guy uh, shock the world, uh, so to say and decide he wants to leave the program and that would be an impact player yeah that very well could be the case it's it, that's just how this college football universe and college athletics universe really is operating these days but I think BYU has got a very nice core of players that they are willing to build around and of course supplementing that and in some cases just bringing in guys who can make an impact right away is absolutely critical for the Cougars. I've said it before my original conversation was I was hearing that BYU could uh, bring in 6 to 8 guys Uh, I had somebody else tell me that it could be as many as 10 guys and a conversation I had just the other day uh, with somebody inside the program says that 10 plus is not out of the question for BYU if they truly believe in the transfer portal there are that many good options that are receptive and want to come to BYU. They are willing to make the moves necessary to get those guys into the program in hopes that will make them com- more competitive this fall on the football field. And I-, I don't think anybody out there watching and or listening to me is going to be like, I don't want that. No, you want a competitive program and having quote-unquote impact guys coming in is going to be very, very important for BYU. The number one position, I'll tell you right now, the transfer portal, uh, keep an eye on the wide receivers. BYU knows they need multiple, I- I'm talking two-plus guys who can come in and round out the rotation for BYU wide receiver. They've got a nice trio at the top on their depth chart, but beyond that, huge question marks about the viability of the roster in terms of the stable of wide receivers BYU has for Keaton Slovis to throw it to. You've got to find some guys, and they will be absolutely uh, combing everything over, like looking under every rock, quote-unquote, when it comes to the transfer portal to find guys, especially wide receivers that can make an imprint on this program going into the big 12, but it's an exciting time. I know it can be a little uh, hair raising and a little awkward watching guys leave the program and also waiting out to determine or find out who's ultimately going to come in, but just have faith that BYU is going to do their due diligence, find the right guys and get them into the program and, in theory, make themselves a more formidable football program ahead of their first campaign as a Power 5 program in the Big 12 Conference. All right, coming up here in just a moment, had a few questions that I glossed over yesterday and my apologies for that, we'll answer those. Also later on, on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on in other BYU sports this weekend, as well as a look back at another game in BYU football's history in the 2015 season. All that more still to come. First, a word on our friends over at Built Bar, though. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories that come with your typical snacks, then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. And that's built. You got to try it. My friends, I am a huge fan of it. I actually just had one. I just got done with football practice with my son and I, uh, in sub 40 degree temperatures, it's no fun. It was pretty cold out there, but nonetheless, after I got done uh, with practice, wanted to, uh, something to snack on to warm myself up, get some energy back in my system, had a built bar. I had the grasshopper cookie flavor. It's one of my favorites. I actually have the wrappers laying around here somewhere. i Probably should pull, probably should have you know held that up as a product placement, but nonetheless, the best part about built bars are the macros on these things are absolutely incredible. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, uh, just and 17 grams of protein. It's absolutely incredible how much of uh, protein they pack into each one of these bars. The most important part though, they're absolutely delicious. They're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate on the outside, incredible taste inside. You guys will not uh, believe how good these things taste. The best part is you don't have to go online and place your order there. And wait for it to be shipped to you. If you still want to do that, you can do that. You can go to Built.com. But if you need your Built Bars right now, stop by your local Walmart and or Sam's Club today and pick them up today. Walmart's got four bar packs. If you want them in bulk, Sam's Club's got them in 13 bar packs. A little hint, a little birdie that I'm, I'm not the I'm the birdie. I've seen them at Costco. I've also seen them at Smith's. So they are all over the place, along the Wasatch Front and beyond. So stop by and pick those up today or get to Built.com to place your custom orders there. While you're there, I use the promo code On 15 for 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E edon 15 for 15% off your order. The best part is they are the best tasting protein bars, so get enjoying them and do it
1: with Built Bar. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars and making us your first listen every day.
0: All right, my friends, we talked about this. Every day uh, tomorrow, speaking of Monday, our next edition of the podcast, we'll be talking with Kingsley Suamata'ia. I had a great chance to catch up with him earlier this week at BYU football practice. What is BYU's uh, future star left tackle? Look forward to doing this upcoming summer and going into the season. We'll hear from him on our Monday edition of the podcast. A number of you actually reached out yesterday saying Jake everydayers is that really the term they're using yes it is it's not my it, this is this is not my decision uh, using the term everydayer it is a network initiative on the Locked On Podcast Network some of you said well there's other ideas you probably could have gone with sure maybe so but I am just I'm being that good soldier who is doing as he's told uh, the or the the goal here simply is to make you guys uh, join us more often if at all possible I know there are uh, there's a bunch of you guys that tune in every single day and you guys are very on it and I cannot thank you guys enough. A number of you actually said that you commented on YouTube. I also got some uh, posts on social media saying, "I, I, I listen every day, but I don't post often. You know what? I, I don't mind that. I just appreciate the fact that you guys carve out time every single day to make this a part of your routine. Morning, noon, night, uh, midnight, no matter when you listen to it and or watch it on YouTube, thank you for your support. And yes, every day, that is the new term we are uh, leaning into here on the network. But a big thank you all the same for your guys' support of this venture and looking forward to having some fun along the way. And like I said, we're going to be rolling out some new stuff with the Every initiative across the network that will make sure to reward you who tune in every single day. So if you want to be rewarded for that, make sure you're, you become an everydayer. Check it out. Make, make it part of your routine, whether you're working out, driving to school, driving the kids to school, driving yourself to school, to work, whatever it might be. Find a way to listen to the show and make it part of the routine every single day. All right. On to some questions that came in. And apologies for those uh, that I missed on our yesterday mailbag edition of the podcast. One of them coming in on Twitter from our good friend River Coog at beers at BYU. River, you are one of my favorite dudes out there. You had a great question here. What are some creative ways BYU can market to non-LDS recruits that you, Jake Hatch, have thought about? As it relates to last week's question, he asked last week about honor code enforcement uh, and how they can uh, go about that with BYU. He says that uh, as it relates to last week's question, I'm sure you can tell, but I strongly believe it's paramount to program success. Now, I I think you're absolutely right, River Kug. They do need to find new ways to market themselves to members not of the LDS faith. The funny thing right now is the top two quarterbacks in BYU's program right now, one of which, uh, Keaton, I believe is Christian. I don't know what denomination he may aspire to, but we found out, and it's really cool, a really cool story, that Jake Retzloff is he's calling himself the BYU Jew. He is an active member of of the Jewish faith. He's a Reformed Jew, a member of a synagogue down there in Southern California. Apparently, according to the story that Jay Drew wrote, there are five or six Jews in total on the campus of BYU and according uh, to to uh, Jake Retzloff, he had an opportunity to meet up with the majority of them. I think it's like one he's still yet to meet but really cool stuff all the same. So Back to your point, uh, River Coog, The biggest thing for BYU in terms of marketing itself to me- to members who are uh, to people who are not members of the LDS faith, the sponsoring uh, faith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints that sponsors BYU, is to essentially just go out and market what the BYU network can do. I-, I can mention probably four or five guys who are not members of the LDS faith that have played football or other sports at BYU who would tell you that the network, the network that they built up during their time in Provo has completely changed their arc in their life career-wise and a bunch of different things the byu connections that you can make at, at the university even if as just a regular student will benefit you the rest of your life i can say i can say that it is, is blessed my life any of you who have attended byu whether you might be a member or not know what the byu connection can do it can take you a long ways i have got opportunity I, I i' got i've had opportunities to talk with byu fans near and far and the nice part is the connection is whether you're a BYU fan who may have attended another university or you actually went to BYU yourself, BYU sports connects Cougar fans. And the nice part is Cougar fans look out for one another. That's the thing about this. That is absolutely one thing that BYU should be pointing to to every uh, athlete, whether they're members or not, is that if you come here, you tap into a network that is literally worldwide. It connects with the LDS faith. We all know that. But Cougars are everywhere. They're in every level of the government. They're in sports at every level as well. They're in everyday life. The business connections alone in the network here locally in Utah and even beyond that. It's just absolutely insane what the BYU network can do for every person who has a connection to BYU v- via sports, the school itself, etc. So that's absolutely one way BYU should be marketing it. The other thing about this is uh, Kamal Ahmad is actually a former assistant football coach at Weber State under Ron McBride. Uh, played football at the University of Kentucky. He's actually been a, a very strong member of the Utah community since moving here. I think she actually recently moved away. Maybe a little longer than that. He moved away out of state. But I saw a tweet from him just the other day, saying that he says that BYU is the best university for a faith uh, for an athlete who wants to live their faith. He was, I think, he was responding to the tweet about Jake Retzloff being Jewish at BYU. Kamal Ahmad is a is a proud Muslim. He he's a proud uh, he, he's he's Islamic. He, he's so he speaks from an outsider perspective. He lived in Utah. He understands what it's about. He understands what BYU is all about. And he said, if you are a young man, young woman, an athlete who wants to live their faith, in his opinion, BYU is the best university for that. That is another thing, River Cook. They Some of these athletes may not necessarily be super religious, but the nice part is the, the distraction-free zone that BYU can create is absolutely an attractive thing that BYU should also be highlighting as they're recruiting these athletes. I'll continue to think about this. I, I, I'm intrigued to continue to kind of brain, uh, brainstorm, yeah, brainstorm better ideas for this. But if you guys have ideas of how BYU can better market itself to athletes who are not of the LDS faith, the other thing about this, if you want to talk to other athletes, evangelicals, that type of stuff, just say, hey, we're a faith based institution. Yeah, you may not share our same beliefs as an institution, but we respect your beliefs and you can come here, practice your faith, and also play high-level football. That's absolutely uh, something that BYU needs to tap into more and more as they go into this Big 12 era. So, like I guess I'm going to brainstorm more of these, and it's a great question, River Koo. I, I appreciate you thinking about this, and I, I know that you come from a non-traditional, I guess I would call it a BYU fandom side of things, because when you say Beers at BYU is your screen name on Twitter, I'm assuming you're not necessarily uh, the same as most BYU fans, but I appreciate your perspective. I think you absolutely make a critical critical point on all of that. All right, on to some other questions quickly here. Our good friend Tuckinator says, Melbag, uh, this year history, uh, BYU joining the Big 12 Conference have got to think it's highly likely we'll join others, Virginia Tech, Clemson, Michigan, etc. cetera, with pregame pump-up entrance. What song would you like to see as that pump-up music? Well, you telling me that the Cougar Fight song's not good enough for you, Tuckinator? I'm just kidding. I actually have not necessarily thought about this. I, I saw an article, Dave McCann wrote about it in the Deseret News as well, uh, talking about the player entrance, and obviously there are iconic ones, as you mentioned. Virginia Tech with Enter Sandman. Uh, there's Sandstorm down there with South Carolina. Michigan, obviously, tapping the banner as they run out. Uh, Notre Dame, the uh, tapping the sign as they walk down the stairs there, play like a champion today. There are very iconic uh, entrances. Uh, Howard's Rock for Clemson. You guys know what I'm talking about. You've seen all these iconic entrances BYU's got a really cool one because the, the band creates that block wide that the players run through uh, out towards midfield. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. In terms of a song, man, uh, I'd have to think about that. I, I'm intrigued to see what I can come up with. I'll tell you one thing, I, I just to, to make people mad, why not just lean into the popcorn popping on the apricot tree? Why not play I'm just kidding. I, I, kidding, kidding, kidding kidding i'm not kidding i don't play that one it's fun to have that as kind of a, a quirky thing like the fourth corner of a blowout but yeah don't play that one as the pump up music coming out i'll have to think about that maybe something from james the mormon jtm as he calls himself these days he's back on the music scene why not tap into him uh you also got the killers brandon uh brandon flowers obviously a proud member of the lds faith he's got some great music out there i think they could probably have a lot of fun with some of the killers music but Let me think about that. I'm going to have to just consider some of the other other options out there, Tuckinator. You guys have made me think today, and I appreciate that. I always appreciate being uh, challenged in a way to come up with good answers. And even if I don't, I'll admit and I'll go back to the drawing board and see what I can come up with. All right, final question. Henry Moss, I sent this in via email. Do you think the Big Twelve poaches the four corner school? Oh, excuse me. Do you think if the Big Twelve poaches the four corner schools, do you think that, that will give them a better chance to survive if we go to super conferences? Thank you. Now, Henry, on its head, I do think that it would help uh, having a 16-team conference. Uh, speaking of the Big Twelve, if they were to poach uh, the four corner schools from the Pac-12, I think it would absolutely help them. The biggest thing is, is there is a consolidation of the power brands in college football ongoing between the SEC and the Big Ten. Are they going to stop at 16? I have no idea. I think they would love nothing more, both of them, than to pick apart uh, the uh, the ACC and pull the power brands out of that conference, essentially pull that one apart and go to maybe 20 teams, create two 20-team divisions and create their own brand of football. I, I think I could see that happening. Uh, the nice part is I think the Big 12, if they can consolidate power in their own right, on the West Coast, that may help them, as you mentioned, survive in that next iteration of football. I, I think it could help, but man, it, it's such a weird, weird uh, time out there, and who knows what's going to happen. The nice part is, at least for the time being, BYU is part of the club, the Power 5 club. They are finally on the inside, and it's where you've wanted to be for years, and it's fun to be in there. Now, obviously, the landscape may change once again in 5, six, seven, 10, 20 years, who knows how far down the road. But so long as you're still in the club, you have a chance to continue to stay with that club moving forward. uh, Will that ultimately pan out? Only time will tell, but BYU's in the Power 5 club right now, and I do think if they were to go and uh, grab those programs, speaking of maybe three or four from the Pac-12, maybe a San Diego State is the fourth team potentially, whatever, uh, to give yourself 16, I think it would be a move towards helping yourself survive in a new era of college football if it doesn't really come to consolidation of power brands. But, hey, it, anything's possible. The, it, it's crazy how much stuff is going on out there in the football universe. All right, uh, so there you go. Those are the questions that came in. They're kind of the ones I mi- I glossed over, so my apologies for missing them, but wanted to make sure I addressed all those on the podcast. If you have questions at any point, by the way, you can reach out via social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Please let us know. Locked on BYU is where you can find us on social media. You can drop me a DM on my own uh, uh, Twitter feed. You can find that right below here if you're watching on YouTube. It's at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Uh, drop us a DM or just tweet at me or email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. I always love hearing from you guys and getting your insights and obviously hoping to address as many as all, if not all the questions you guys have for me on a weekly basis. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out the week with some final news and notes uh, a change on the recruiting front. that I think very much could impact BYU. Well, it will impact BYU at the bare minimum. We'll talk about that. We'll also catch up on where other teams in BYU sports are playing this weekend. And a quick look back at another BYU football game from the 2015 season as our chronicle of all 155 games of BYU. BYU's independent football era rolls on. More of that as we continue on right here
1: unlocked on, on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate.
0: Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. If you'd like to advertise with the podcast, it's a great time to get in. We are low on ad, low on advertisers. We're not low on ad inventory. We actually have plenty of inventory. So if you if you have a brand, a company, a product you'd like to promote, we'd love to have you guys on board. Some of you reached out over the past month or so, and my apologies. Uh, I was under the impression we were looking for advertisers, but then I found out we were under a moratorium. That has been lifted. So if you want to get in with us and advertise with uh, Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network, we'd love to get you in touch with our sales team and get you on the path to advertising success even if you've worked with us in the past and want to hop back on please reach out lockedonbyu at gmail.com we'll get you in touch with our sales team like I said we'll we'll help you have advertising success in the podcast sphere it can be a tricky business to, to have success on that we'd love nothing more than to help you along the way and do just that All right. before we go on today's show, uh, a couple of notes uh, from BY, uh, for BYU from the NCAA level is that they have changed how official visits are going to operate in college football and other sports. Uh, the NCAA's uh, what do they call it? Division One Council adopted this new recruiting rules for official and unofficial visits moving forward. Prospects will no longer have a limit on the number of official visits they can make to NCAA member schools. Previously, it was as many as five uh, per athlete, so they can they have unlimited visits now, but. Prospects will be limited to one official visit per school unless there is a head coaching change after that official visit, in which case the prospects will be able to complete a second official visit to the same school. So... Starting and then, by the way, this is going to go in uh, on July one. So this uh, this summer completely changes this. BYU can be part of official visits on any given weekend that is not a dead period on the recruiting calendar. Now they're changing those rules a little bit too. So obviously BYU will have to monitor that. But starting July first, you can have as many athletes visit as many campuses as they want ostensibly just one time during their high school career, and it can be officially paid for by the university. What you are looking at is more and more money being required for recruiting across the country and BYU is not going to be accepted by this you pay for the airfare the food the hotel the, the entertainment the snowmobiling deal that BYU does for many circumstances with their student athletes who are coming on official visits you're going to have to increase the budgets the nice part is BYU has been investing they've been, they have been putting money where their mouth is this is going to require even more than that and I w- I've i got faith that BYU will step up step up to the plate in this circumstance it's an intriguing proposition because like I said it's going to be kind of strategic on when you officially take bring these guys on official visits, but they can make as many visits as they want. Imagine a young man potentially spending from May to uh, early September of his uh, between his uh, junior and senior year of high school football. Maybe every single weekend during that summer, unless there's a dead period in there, maybe every weekend or maybe twice a week, he's making an official visit to uh, various universities. How many schools could he truly visit on that school's dime? Uh, you could do a lot. You could visit a lot of places on um, um, programs like Hawaii are suddenly going to get a lot more interest in terms. Of, hey, can I take an official visit to Hawaii? You want to you pay for me to come out there and go on an official visit. It's only two days, but still going to Hawaii for two days is a pretty good proposition if they're footing the bill for it. But some interesting times ahead and they're changing the recruiting rules and I actually I applaud this one I think it gives an opportunity for the student athletes to have fun with this the other thing about this is they've adopted new rules they're going to require student athletes to have voice uh, to have their opinion be voiced with a student-athlete advisory council on each campus. That's going to be required at both the campus and the conference level. So I would imagine the Big 12's probably got plans in place for this. BYU already has what they call the SAC, the student, it's S-A-A-C, it's called the Student-Athlete Advisory Council. It will require them to have a bigger voice and be able to be heard in the decision-making process, both at the school and the conference level. I applaud this. It gives student-athletes more control over how things are operating at the various universities and at the conference level, I think it's a really cool change. Along with that official visit rule change. All right, final notes. Uh, our good friend Robbie McCombs, who we are efforting to get on the podcast. He and I have been in contact, so we will uh, get him on the show soon. But he is reporting that Dawson Baker, the transfer from UC Irvine, is going to visit BYU, Boise State, Utah, and Utah State. He's still finalizing dates, but he will visit each school over the next two weeks. So a big opportunity for BYU to make a great impression on a return missionary who has averaged big point, uh, fifteen plus points. In the, uh, 15.3 points on 47% shooting and 37% from three this past year for the Irvine Anteaters. A great opportunity to add a high level player if BYU can win those sweepstakes. We'll see how it shakes out, but expect to hear some noise about Dawson Baker over the next two weeks as he makes those visits. Uh, this weekend in BYU Sports, the baseball team is in Santa Clara taking on the Broncos. That is uh, played last night as of recording this podcast. They don't have a score quite yet, uh, but they are playing Santa Clara. Uh, so that'd be uh, tonight on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The women's softball team is at LMU uh, for matchups today and tomorrow in West Coast Conference action. Also, uh, the men's and women's track and field programs are at three different events this weekend. They're in, uh, let's see, they're at the Brian Clay Invitational. At, I it's hosted by Austin P University. They're also at the Beach, uh, uh, the Beach Invitational, which is hosted by Long Beach State, as well as the Pacific Coast Intercollegiate, as well. So, uh, track and field all over the country. Best of luck to them this weekend. And then finally, it is a huge weekend. For BYU uh, men's volleyball. They're ranked number six in the country. They're making a run towards the MPSF uh, uh, tournament uh, coming up next weekend. They have a huge series back to back against Stanford tonight and tomorrow night. This, the tree, uh, speaking of Stanford, are ranked number eight in the country. This matchup starts at seven o'clock both nights, tonight and tomorrow night, down there in Provo. Both uh, matches on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Huge opportunity for BYU to finish off their regular season with a the flourish. They're undefeated at home so far this year. I believe 12 and 0 trying to go to 14 and 0 and best of luck to them as they like to look to lock up a seed in that MPSF tournament it's been a fantastic uh, bounce back season for BYU after their struggles last year uh, when it comes uh, to the men's and women's uh, not the men not the women's the men's volleyball program but hoping that they can uh, continue to keep keep that up uh, throughout this upcoming weekend and obviously we'll be recapping that on Monday's edition of the podcast all right so uh, there you go all the news and notes you need to know about but the final thing before we go on today's show is a look back at another game and BYU football history from their independent run uh, over the past 12 years. We're in the midst of the 2015 season and we left off after talking about back-to-back wins over Cincinnati and Wagner uh, for BYU as they finished out the month of October. They had reached bowl eligibility at 6-2 after smashing Wagner. Then they faced a big game going to San Jose State. Now many of you might recall uh, they had lost to San Jose State in pretty uh, inglorious fashion previous to this game, but BYU found themselves in a dogfight in this game, uh, and the thing about this is Tanner Mangum tied a BYU record for touchdown passes for a freshman in this game with his lone touchdown pass of the game. But it required BYU to stop San Jose State on a uh, two-point conversion attempt with 45 seconds to get out of the get out with a 17 to 16 victory over the Spartans it was a crazy crazy game BYU was not at their best there's no doubt about that we only score 17 points uh, but San Jose, San Jose State marched 85 yards in 10 plays the last of 6 yard sweep by Kenny Potter to score the touchdown to make it 17-16 but they went for the 2 point conversion Tyler Irvin's halfback pass was just out of the reach of Billy Freeman and Michael Wadsworth was in coverage on that uh, BYU holds on for that victory uh, Mangum's 4 yard toss to Mitch Matthews gave the Cougars a 7-3 lead in the first quarter which was his 15th touchdown Pass of the season, matching Jake Heaps' record in 2010 for the BYU freshman record for a quarterback. But a big win for BYU as they move to seven and two on the season, and I would like to keep the, look to keep the good vibes rolling as they face a very very good opponent in the Missouri Tigers the next week. They were headed uh, to uh, Kansas to take the, take on this game. It was Arrowhead, if I recall. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm trying to remember. Was that Missouri game? Where was that played at? I apologize, uh, but regardless, we'll talk about that game tomorrow. Some crazy times unfold. Though in the week leading up to this game against Missouri on the Tiger side of things. We'll talk about what happened in that one on our Monday edition of the show. So thank you once again for making us your first listen today. Make sure you join us every single day. Become an everydayer, my friends. I know that sounds like a weird term, a nebulous term, but it is very important. It's a new initiative, like I said, here on the network. And we'd love nothing more for more of you to make us a part of your daily routine. But regardless, no matter when, how, or if you listen to this, thank you for your support as always. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Like I said, we're starting to recap everything from Spring Ball uh, coming up on our Monday edition of the show. And we're also going to start to look at the Big 12. Who are BYU's new conference mates? Well, I have some friends here on the network who are conference hosts of the different schools in the Big 12 conference, and if we don't have a podcast covering that team, I'll get somebody else on from those schools, and we'll literally tick them off team by team throughout the upcoming weeks and months as we get ready for BYU going into the Big 12 conference on July 1. So stay stay tuned, stay with us all off season long. Cannot thank you guys enough once again for your support, and have a great weekend once again. This has been